Welcome to They That Hope with Father Dave and Bob, seeing humor and hope in a crazy world, even in Iraq. And I'm Bob. And I'm Father Dave and a crazy big world that we live in, huh? Yeah, exactly. So tell the tell the listeners, where are you? Are you in uh, wherever you are? Yeah, yeah. Well, originally <laughs> when you and I talked, the thought is, is that I was going to be in Austria by this time. But because of okay. some circumstances, we decided to... Uh, just adjust the schedule a little bit. So I am actually still in Erbil, Iraq, mm-hmm. uh, where I got here, I guess, Thursday. And okay. obviously I was I was invited here by the Archbishop of Erbil, who Franciscan University is collaborating with uh, the diocese here, and they're starting a Catholic university. And they reached out to us about two years ago and asked if we would help them. So it's been a great blessing to do that. And yeah, <laughs> Yeah, so uh, when when they first talked to us, uh, there was some concern about whether or not I'd actually go to Iraq. And when the Holy Father was announced that he was coming, the Archbishop emailed myself and Dr. Kempton and Dr. Bory and said, "Would you guys like to be our guest for the Pope's visit?" And it's just been it's been an amazing amazing experience. Yeah, I mean, I've been following you on Instagram. I mean, you were right there. Like, it didn't seem like there was a huge papal or priestly entourage. Like, you seemed to be right on the altar. Well, uh, with Pope Francis, or at least that was the pictures. Well, the thing is, is most of the priests, they they had like where the priests sat and then they had kind of like this roped off area. And I was invited to be a part of that section. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, honestly, though, it's just interesting. The church in Iraq uh, is obviously radically different than ours. So the Diocese of Erbil, I think, only has about 20 priests. Whereas the Diocese wow. up north, north of Erbil... Uh, they have nine priests, so it's just and and how many different world. Catholics? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm going to guess, and this is a total guess, just because I've asked how many families in your parish and that kind of thing. Um, well, and that's one of the tragedies that, that we'll, maybe we'll talk about is in the last about well since 2014. So in the last six years, they've lost about 60 percent of the Christians in this area. Mm-hmm. So they think there's roughly 200 250,000 Christians that are that are still in the area. The war with ISIS just absolutely decimated decimated the the Christian population community here. Yeah, why don't we keep? Why don't we maybe we'll talk about life in Iraq and then we'll talk about papal stuff uh, a little bit later. Yeah. If that seems yeah. like a good a good vibe, because yeah, well, I don't a- I don't know anything about it. I mean, I you're right. I remember uh, you know reading about ISIS. I heard about the persecution of Christians, a lot of Christian refugees. Uh, leaving Iraq and right. um, so is that all? I mean, has that settled down now? At least in terms of the persecution, or yeah, settled. Yeah, I mean, it's it's different than it was a couple of years ago. But it's just interesting. Like I was talking to a young man; he's probably forty. He's a actually a young man. He's a priest, which you're also mm-hmm. a young man. Um, he said he's there's never been a time there wasn't war. I mean, he just went through. He's I was born in. And 19, whatever, you do the math, and then this year there was a war, and then this year there was a war. He said, my whole life, that this has just been my life. And he said, in some ways, people have focused on the last couple of years, specifically because the Christian community was so persecuted. Um, but he said, this, is, this has been my existence. And you know, it's crazy because when, when you think about Iraq, largely people don't think about a Christian pop- population. But right. we, we visited a monastery that's been an active monastery for 1600 years. Hmm. You know, so St. Thomas came through this area. We were at Nineveh in the Nineveh Plains where uh, the town of Nineveh was. And 
the prophet Nahum was in this area. So it's this area is scriptural as part of our, our history, and yet, you know, obviously, over the many, many centuries, of the Christian population has continued to dwindle, which is just really tragic. Yeah, and isn't like Abraham was born in that area? Yeah, and, and that's yes, one of the yeah. places that the, the, the Holy Father came. When he came into Baghdad on Friday, on Saturday, uh, he went to Ur, which is, you know, the birthplace for, for Muslims, for Catholics, for Christians, I mean, for Christians mm-hmm. and Jews. And the Holy Father did had a gathering there and prayed uh, for the people. But yeah, it's it's just been pretty, pretty remarkable. You know, I feel like I could just kind of go on. So feel free if if you want to jump in or question or something doesn't make sense. But I, I think it, it was interesting talking with Dr. Kempton, who's the vice president of academic affairs. The biggest thing for he was was that issue. The famous bacon about, cake for the listeners. Yes, that are, yes. For those of you who are trying to make a know, connection. Wondering. That's right. I knew right. you would take us there, Bob. In fact, we were just mm, talking on the way here. We were talking uh Daniel and I were talking on the way here about your bacon fetish. And we, we're not positive that this, I think this whole thing is just kind of a scam and you like bacon and that's how it works out. Okay, let's just move on. Actually, do they have bacon there? I, I haven't had it. I mean, it's kind of like a unkoshery. Well, I, I guess they don't care about unkosher, but it's a similar yeah, thing no, to Muslims. Don't. Yeah, absolutely. Right. But now I, I'll, I'll ask tomorrow and I'll find out next week. That'll be our kind of starting point next week. <laughs> Do they have bacon in Could Iraq? you eat bacon in Iraq? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but just yeah. You know, Dr. Campton was saying just that, that history, the rich history of Christianity in, in this area. It's largely Chaldean. And you probably remember, Bob, there's the Chaldean community that comes from Detroit. And I believe that Detroit yep, is I've the largest there. Chaldean. Yeah, I believe Detroit's the largest Chaldean community uh, in the world right now. And I think mm. that's accurate. I'm certainly more than than live in Iraq now. Yeah, but yeah, the Holy Father went down there. But the the thing that was interesting is, you know, the Holy Father met with uh, the leader of the one of the Muslim groups here in. Um, Iraq, and he, he actually went to the village where he lived, and it was just this very simple meeting, and it was just a really stark image. And, and I was asking the local people, what, what do you feel about this Holy Father meeting with them? And, and really, uh, there was mixed emotions about it. I mean, on one level, they said, yes, we know that it's good. We know that it's important. We know that it's necessary. But there's also some some hurt. I mean, so many of them... Mm-hmm. Their families have been deeply impacted by the community and by the war and by the persecution. And so it was this really, but, but I found myself reflecting actually 801 years ago, St. Francis went to Jerusalem to preach uh, to the Sultan. And St. Francis said, uh, the Sultan needs a savior. The Sultan needs hmm. to be saved. And Jesus is the one. And And it was interesting talking to the people here. They were wondering how, or what the Holy Father was going to say and how he was going to say it. And, and it's interesting. Some of them said, we realize that we need to be united, but he can't just say we need to be united, right? Because right. there's been so much hurt and there's been so much pain and there's been so much persecution. Well, the Holy Father said is they need Jesus. You know, mm-hmm. he, he said he said exactly the same thing St. Francis said is, is the people of Iraq need a savior. And he, I encourage you to go and read his speeches. He was unbelievably bold. Like I was talking to the priests here, and they were just amazed at, at how bold he was. And, and he said that the Christ is the only answer, that Christ is the way to peace, that Christ is the way 
uh, to reconciliation, that Christ is the way to forgiveness, and just wow. continually preaching Jesus to them. It was really powerful. And there's this one place, a little town at Mosul, um, Mosul is how they say it. It's up north about maybe 50 miles from us. And that's where the main fighting uh, in the most recent war was. And there was uh, one of the uh, leaders of the ISIS said that they were going to kill the Pope and that they were going to cut off his head. And the Holy Father actually gave a talk at that place. And it was just this sense of, you know, yeah, careful, careful what you say, right? And <laughs> it was just, yeah, it was really a powerful, powerful image. Let me just, and just share a story with this because it was, I'm going to put on my glasses because this lady was in Missoula. Her name was, I'm, I'm not going to be able to pronounce it, but Doha Sabah Abadola, I believe it is. And um, her son was uh, killed by the uh, ISIS. And she met with the Holy Father. And she said, and this is just so, so unbelievable. She says, my faith tells me that my children are in the arms of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And we the, we the survivors seek to forgive the aggressor because our master Jesus has forgiven his executioner. She goes on to say, forgiveness is necessary for those who have survived this terrorist attacks. Forgiveness, this is the key word. Forgiveness is necessary to remain in love and to remain Christian. I mean, this was a, a woman who her entire village was had to be evacuated. They lived apart from their village for three years. Her son was killed, and she is talking about the necessity of forgiveness. And, and But uniquely... Wow. Um, that that is ultimately what what makes us Christian is our ability to do that. Um, I mean, there's just yeah, yeah, in an area of the world that is so uh, you know steeped in violence and um, and and bloodshed and war to hear that message of Jesus, you know, that yeah. it's really about forgiveness because otherwise the war keeps happening, right? I mean, like, what will stop it? You know, it won't stop until one group completely eradicates the other, and we've seen no. people. Trying to do that, you know. Uh, no, that's even, one of the things that po yeah. the Holy Father said. He said, um, there will always be war until there are no enemies. And he said that the challenge and the invitation of the gospel is that we have no enemies. Mm -hmm. and, and that's, I mean, again, that's that's a word that we hear. That's fine. But, I mean, it's, it's profoundly different. I was talking to the Archbishop, and we were talking about priests that were killed. And he goes, well, there was, and he just starts to number them. There was number one and number two. I said, how many do you know? It's a one, two, three. Four, five, six bishops. So, I mean, he's going through this list, and again, realizing that there's thirty or forty priests in the diocese. I, I mean, this is just. I, I gave a talk to the community at night, and I said, I mean, I, I don't know any priests that have been murdered, right? It's just, yeah. it's just not our history. And they're all, oh yeah, well, there's this, and every family was impacted by it. Every mm. family was impacted by having to leave their villages. Every family was a refugee at one time. I mean, it's just. And, and then this is what the Holy Father said for we talk is this. He said that uh, hope defeats hate, right? Mm. Is that ultimately the hope? And it's, it's the thing that we've talked about time and time again is, is that hope ultimately defeats hate. Um, yeah, that'd be a good tagline yeah. for the show. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's been really just profoundly interesting and beautiful and enlightening. And somebody, somebody said to me it was tonight after I gave the talk, they said, would you do me a favor and tell your people back home something? I said, of course. And they said, tell them not to take things for granted. Hmm. They said, they've been in America. And they said, you know, I've been to America and things, I think you just take things for granted. I said, don't yes. take your faith for granted. Don't take your family for granted. Don't take your freedom for granted. 
And it just kind of penetrated my heart because we do that all the time, right? What I shared is that, that we live in a culture and a world that has everything and we forget God because we don't think we need him. And this is a population who have, you know, their whole communities have been decimated and they still, uh, they still remember the Lord and they're still faithful to the Lord. Yeah. So it's, it's been really, yeah, yeah, it's just been a really wonderful, wonderful, cool experience. Well, before we plug? hear, yeah, I got to plug it. Actually, might tie in really well. You're talking about the need for priests, um, and uh, the the plug I have is about our priestly discernment program. Um, you know, we have a program here at Franciscan that offers uh, young men an opportunity to more significantly and seriously discern God's call to the priesthood, and so we call it the the PDP is what we. Uh, refer to it here, the Priestly Discernment Program. Uh, they live in community. They take part in daily mass, liturgy of the hours, Eucharistic adoration, talks, other activities, all while going to school full-time in their chosen major. And I also know um, we, we, we also try to help them set them up academically for the seminary, for those that go on, sure, you know, studies sure. in Every... philosophy and, and other things. Right. So it, anyway, it's a beautiful way for these men to discern God's call in their life and prepares them to enter major seminary or religious community when they graduate. To find out more about the Priestly Discernment Program, visit our website at franciscan.edu. That's franciscan.edu. And it is uh, one of the most beautiful things we have on our in our campus. Um, Absolutely. You know, in our classes, just a, a vibrant life of young men and women. We don't have, I don't believe we have a formal program for women. Um, well, one of the households, households one of the, many other things. Yeah, one of the households specifically it's, it's just works so with the system. Awesome that uh, so many young people are really, uh, you know, discerning and trying to find the Lord's will, uh, and particularly in religious vocations. So, yeah, please keep praying for mm -hmm. all of those young men I mean, and women. I, I, it's cool. I don't know what the statistic is this year, but I think last year, twelve percent of those that were ordained uh, had some relationship to the university, and some obviously mm -hmm. some of those went through the PDP. Some went to conferences enough, something, but uh, we're being very blessed through the University for Earth Vocations. Yeah, we're definitely seeing fruit there. And uh, yeah, that's just uh, a gift. I, I'm always amazed that, not to get too tangential, but that God would bless a place like Steubenville. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, of all the places, I guess it's kind of like a Nazareth, you know, like just out of the yeah. way, Steel Valley town, uh, you know, economically tough situation, particularly after the steel mill closed. It's bouncing back, praise God. But just, yeah. you just wouldn't think like Steubenville. Like that'd be a great, you know, that'd be a great location, you know. Here, here's, here's a good Catholic segue because we like segues and we talk about we segues. We love segues. So. Well, here's the thing is, again, I, I gave a talk this evening to the community here. And one of the things that I said is, I think in my whole world, almost everything I ever heard about Iraq was negative. Hmm. It was bad. It was, it was this uh, ISIS thing or that Al-Qaeda or this terrorist. I mean, everything was, I said, and for the last, you know, two days, everything in the media is, it's been a good thing. It's been light. It's been joy. Hmm. It's been celebration. I, I said that the eyes of the Christian world, at least, is focusing here. Yeah, I asked the Archbishop, Arch, Archbishop Weirda, who's just, really, really amazing. I said, how will we know if this is a success? And this was on Friday. The Holy Father just got here. He said, it's already a success. He said, people are talking about Christianity in Iraq. 
Because that conversation has never taken place in the in the world stage. He said, this is already a success. Um, so from that perspective, in this little Iraq where nobody gives it, particularly Christians, gives any positive attention to just something really good and really beautiful is is going on here. And I was, you know, following along and, and, you know, even as we began talking about all the Christian legacy in Iraq, I mean, I'm, I'm learning it as I'm, as I'm reading where yeah, he's going. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, you know, obviously the borders have been redrawn up pretty significantly since biblical sure. times, but you go, oh, that's in Iraq. Oh, wait, that's yeah. in Iraq. You know, I exactly. mean, you had some of the earliest communities of Christians even Absolutely. before it spread throughout the Roman Empire, Absolutely. they were Absolutely. they were there. You know, like these Absolutely. were these were generations of of believers and churches and communities that, right from the very beginning, uh, you know, encountered Christ, proclaimed Christ, celebrated Christ. I mean, all all of those things. And you're right. You hear Iraq, and you go, "Ooh, terrorism! Ooh, yeah, you exactly. Know, you're gonna die! Ooh, you know." Yeah, you know, um, it's really interesting. They um they uh, interviewed Bishop Werda before. This was maybe. I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, and they asked, you know, what do you look, why do you, what are you looking forward to for the Pope coming? And he, he didn't say anything about all the troubles they had, all the difficulties. He said, Oh, I'm looking forward to him to see the joy of my people. It's mm-hmm. like there's, there's people that have suffered so much. He's, Oh, I can't wait till he's able to see their joy. And <clears throat> that's absolutely the case is, is it's everybody is the hospitality is phenomenal and they're just so excited about. Yeah, about being able to show off, right? Show off their country. Yeah. And yeah, so it's it's just been great. Um, so yeah, I arrived uh, the first day, we were just visiting the different communities. We went to a couple of monasteries, again, 1,600 years old, um, which was just really, really moving and very powerful. It's just really cool to be in a place and yeah, a place that they have prayed and had monks praying there for 1,600 years. It's just- wow. It's up in a cliff, as you can imagine, with these caves all around. Um, but the big thing was was the preparation for uh, the Holy Father's uh, Mass. It was fun listening to, to the Archbishop because they thought this was a big carnival. I mean, the Muslim community, the government, they have never done anything like this before. And, you know, they were saying, you know, well, they wanted a big picture of the president there and they wanted a picture <laughs> of the military. And they said, no. So just, and they, they had all volunteers. Everybody go online, just Google Mass and Airbill, you can find it. Um, but How do you spell Airbill? E-R-B-I-L? Yep, yep, yeah. Oh, so good, if you okay. just uh, Google uh, YouTube Mass and Airbill, it's readily available. But um, the Holy Father, his, his homily was, was just beautiful. I mean, he's, he was just remarkable in that he's 81 years old. He's really, it's actually, he's aged a lot. Just watching him mm-hmm. getting around was was really very difficult. Um, but a couple of things that, that he said that I thought were, were worth just looking at for just a second today. Uh, I thought this was a powerful quote. He said, and we learn to embrace his liber- the Lord, his liberating wisdom, to rest in his wounds and to find healing and strength to serve the coming of the kingdom in our world. By his wounds, we have been healed. In those words, dear brothers and sisters, we find the balm of his merciful love. For we, like the good Samaritan of humanity, wants to anoint every hurt, to heal every painful memory, and to inspire a future full of peace and fraternity in this land. When I talked to the people afterwards, one of the things that they said most often is, I said, what are you feeling? And they said, hope. Hmm. They said, hope, I, again, in this time with 
I'd ask everyone the same question. What do you, what do you expect from the Pope? What do you look forward to? What are your feelings? And time and time again, they said hope is, is that we want to see things. We want to experience things. We want to know things that says, and what is our definition of hope that we've talked about is that this is not the end of the story, right? That God is present, that God is in, in this. And, and one of the things the whole, or the archbishop said, and this was just, it, again, Bob, it's so different than our world. They said they've come so accustomed to violence. And he said, it's tragic, but you'd be walking down a street in the front of a store. There'd be a car bomb that would go off. People would scream. And five minutes later, everybody would finish their ice cream. He said, it just, hmm. it's just this is the world you live in and what you can grow accustomed to. So when, when they speak of hope, it's, it's in the world in that context, right? <laughs> this one thing I talked to this little kid and this was this morning actually. So after the Pope had come, he was in maybe fourth or fifth grade. And I said, well, what, what was it like for the Pope? And he said, this has been a dream since I was a child. He's like 12 years old. All right. <laughs> but he said, I, I always dreamed to be able to see the Pope. And it was just, it was yeah. just really adorable. But the, the liturgy was. And that was, was the first time a Pope has been there. Is that it was the first time the Pope has ever been to Iraq? It was actually a dream of John Paul that John Paul had dreamt and desired to come to Iraq and had made that known. If I'm not mistaken, there was a date that was chosen, but as has been the history, uh, a war broke out again. It was interesting. The, whole, the, the archbishop said they didn't know until about five days ago whether or not the Holy Father was going to come because mm. the government was saying it's not a good time. Rome, many of the Roman officials were saying it's not a good time. And Pope Francis said, I have to be there. I have yeah. to be there. This one gentleman I talked to is beautiful. He said, um, the, whole, the Pope isn't just coming to a land, to a country. He's coming to a people. Mm. And that's really their experiences is that one of them was saying was that I feel seen. Like, like we feel like somebody saw us. They looked at us. They listened to us. They heard our story. They wanted to be, you know, the Holy Father wanted to be present to them. It wasn't enough just to say, I'm praying for you, but he want, like any good father, right? He wanted to be with his kids. And as the Holy Father said a million times, a uh, shepherd needs to be with his sheep. And, yeah. and I, I, Bob, you can't, yeah, you get emotional. You can't imagine what these people felt. I mean, this was, I mean, I said to them, I've seen Pope, probably 50 times between the three popes. Um, I said, what moved me was watching you, watching you know, what it meant that the pope would come to them. And, and it was just, I, and people have said horrible things about the pope. And somebody actually commented in one of the university posts that they were disgusted that we were celebrating the pope. And it's like, <laughs> this is one of our Catholic brothers or sisters, right? It just breaks my heart. You know, you can disagree with someone. We talked about this last time, I think, Bob. Yeah. You can yeah, disagree with some of the things, but but what he represented to the church, to this people, to a Muslim community in the last three or four days was exquisite. Just beautiful. He's so much more than uh, 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 an encyclical. He's so much more than um, a confusing statement you know the ways that people yeah. sometimes just want to narrow down and 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 judge him and again even with those uh, those things being present uh, here is somebody who risked his life uh because his heart was burning to go to a group of christians that had never seen a holy father before right. and you know was absolutely 
behind the scenes making it happen. I mean, you can imagine absolutely. nobody in Rome was like, we think this would be a great idea. Yeah, you should absolutely. go to Iraq, you know, like absolutely. you can just tell that's, and that's always been his heart, you know, to go to the marginalized, uh, you know, to, to go to the poorest of the poor. Now you, you can know, say to, what you bring want. The gospel there. Is yeah. A hundred percent. Like when he says that this is something that we need to do, he's going to do it. Archbishop yeah. said something interesting. He said, Pope John Paul engaged us, brought us in. Pope Benedict taught us. And now Francis is telling us how we're supposed to go out and do it and live it, which was an interesting, yeah, just an interesting perspective. I think that'll be part of Pope Francis's legacy. I mean, when we I think, think so of too. what will what will we remember of Francis? You know, like, yeah, like you said, what will we remember of Benedict? The yeah. legacy of incredible writing, the theology, the explanation, you know, the books, Jesus of Nazareth. I mean, one of the great theologians of the 20th and 21st century. What will we remember of Francis? It's it's going to be the witness. Yes. I mean, it's going to be moments like this, you know, where he's yes. incarnating Christian values and mercy and being present. You know, he talks all the time about the need to accompany others and show mercy and proclaim Christ. And yeah, as you started off with, like to be in the middle of a Middle Eastern country where people have been threatening to cut your head off and to stand up in front of that group and say, Jesus Christ is the only way. I mean, that's that's just guts. I mean, you'd yeah. be tempted to maybe, you it's know, tone down the rhetoric a little, Francis, you know, maybe just say, you know, God's everywhere and we just love everybody. Yeah. And sometimes he gets pegged as saying things like that, you mm. know, like not, uh, you know, I mean, I don't think it's accurate, but, you know, just this kind of, oh, everybody's good. But well, that's what I mean, in everything I've read, he's always very clear on the gospel message. Maybe of one of the most clear. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's proclaimed Jesus. And I mean, yeah, a encounter Jesus, and that's been it. I think one of the, the lasting images of this, uh, maybe of his pontificate, we have that image of, of John Paul who is sitting with his assassin who, who tried mm -hmm. to kill him. And it was a starkly similar image. The name of the, the, the Muslim leader was Al-Sistanti, Al Al-Sistani. Um, and, and Google that because there's the image, and it's just the, actually it's just two old men um, sitting in a corner and, and they're talking. And one of the statements that the, the Muslim leader came after their meeting and their meeting was private, but he made a statement that said, um, we have got to, we've got to uh, live in peace. I think, what did he say? That we need, individuals need to have the liberty uh, to be able to live in peace. Uh, yeah, if, again, if you look at Francis, time and time again, he said, uh, violence is never religion. You can't, you cannot say you're, you're being, and, and this is, you know, the, the reality is the Christians have been on the other side of this in, in other places in the world, right? So he said, violence can never be a part of religion. Um, terrorism is never an appropriate response uh, in religion. And he's just, time and time again, he just called out what's been taking place over the last, yeah, many, many decades here. One so the, for you personally, right, oh, go ahead. No, you're no, going to say just, something. Well, just this tweet, uh, a tweet that uh, the Holy Father said. He said, today I can see firsthand that the church, in alive, the church in Iraq is alive and Christ is alive and at work in this holy and this faithful people. And he said that at the mass as well. And everybody just went crazy cheering. Crazy, it was, yeah. yeah that's, it was, it that's was really, awesome. really great. Yeah. That's that awesome. Great. No, I was just curious, just... Um, I mean, you personally, 
I mean, you know, visiting the country, meeting the people. I don't know. Did you get to talk to Pope Francis? I mean, you're, you seem like you're kind of close. I didn't, I didn't. Um, no, in fact, they were fairly limited on, on how, how many people actually got to meet him and spend time with him. So yeah, I was probably, I don't know, 10 or 12 feet away from the altar. Um, but never, I was thinking about maybe just going and giving a fist bump, you know, yeah, before, sure, but, you know, but didn't, didn't little... have the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, the closest I got was, uh, or the best picture I got was probably myself in the Pope mobile, which is not a bad you got picture. Your, wait, whoa, you I didn't got get in it. I didn't get in oh, it. I, didn't, oh, I, just, dude. I just, yeah, I just got next to it, but it was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, the, the thing for me, It's just been beautiful. It, it, the the faith, the excitement. We take things for granted, you know. Yeah. We just do. We we need to have an experience like this. It just kind of jars us and wakes us up and and causes us. I, I shared with with a group I was speaking with uh, in in Pope Francis's first document. He says we need to tear down walls so that we can see face and names and stories. And that's like, that's what happened for me this last couple of days is just these walls. And, and I, I don't, I guess they were there because all I know is about Iraq is mostly what the media says and, and to be with this people and to see their faces and their stories and be, I said to them, you profoundly inspiring that you're yeah. still faithful. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah, really, that's very, amazing. Very and you're right. I mean, in our country, we hear love our enemies and we think a political party or our mother-in-law. Right, you know right exactly. I mean, it yeah, almost just seems right. so trivial when you're actually dealing with people who are literally forgiving people that killed their family no, for because sure. they're trying to witness Jesus Christ. I you mean, are it's, so it's right, Bob. We, we, are, we are fighting not only with one another, we're fighting in the church over, I don't know, this, that, or the other, liturgical, I like this better, it should be this way, it should be that. And these people are literally dying it puts perspective on on what we're about and what does it mean to be a disciple of jesus and to radically live our life for him yeah it's it's been pretty pretty humbling actually actually that's a great it's been profoundly humbling yeah yeah amen well why yeah. don't you uh close us with a prayer and uh wait 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 no not yet oh no, not yet. No, oh, not that's yet. right. One final tag. This, this is, is exciting. This is, this is not. I mean, <laughs> because, you know, you people almost... in Iraq, people in Iraq have beards, don't they, Father Dave? Yes, they do. Why do you yes, ask, do. Bob? Well, we wanted to promote at this podcast uh, a website of a good friend. Okay. Actually, I'm thinking about this and it's going to sound a little awkward because of the terrorist. It's called Catholic Bomb Co., but it's B-A-L-M. B-A-L-M. Would you just make that very clear? <laughs> B-A-L-M. Um, it's a really great, um, uh, it's a really great company founded by a good friend of mine who does a lot of Catholic youth ministry. It's unapologetically Catholic. He's got Wait, his can Barbados. Can I just ask a question? Yeah. Catholic bomb. I mean, what makes Catholic bomb different than Protestant bomb? Well, I don't think that the Protestants have cornered the market yet on it, but I think it's, I think it's fidelity to the Pope. I think that's the biggest difference. Uh, with the, I mean, you could just that is you could just smell Catholic the Pope on your beard. That's how wow. that's how impressive it is. So anyway, it offers things like Wait, Barbados Bob? beard balm. Yeah. Do you use this product? Oh, I do. Oh, I okay. do. It's it's okay. part of the it's part of my beautiful sheen. People often say, "How do you get your beard Bob, to be I have so a for you. glowing?" Yeah. 
How do you get your beard to be so glowing? <laughs> I use Catholic Bomb Company. Particularly, I use their beard oil. And of some of their many scents, uh, they have a chrism scent. Uh, and it smells like, you know, it's actually made from the same chrism of, of Holy Order. They have a catechumen scent. Uh, they also have a, a scentless one, which would probably be dedicated to to me. But anyway, it's got beard balm, it's got beard oils, it's got little flower lip balm, lots of fun things. And for those of you that are always looking for little things, uh, religious things to give at Easter, uh, check it out. But most importantly, if you do, Dave and Bob in the coupon code. And we are slowly, the, our goal is that eventually every Catholic retailer will have a Dave and Bob coupon code. And we're now one more step closer to that reality. I actually realized I have no idea how much you'll get off. Hopefully it's more than I, like 1%, I but um, it's, but it's really fun. It's, and, it, and it's the thought that counts, isn't it? It is the thought that counts. There you go. It is, it is absolutely the thought that counts. Thank you for, uh, you know, thank you for reminding me of that yeah, plug. But also Dave. that it helps support, it helps support faithful Catholics, you know, and, yeah. and that's, I like, I'm not joking about that, that, everything going on in the world right now, anything we can do to be able to help support one another is a really cool thing. So that's awesome. Yeah. Amen. Okay. Well, I'm going to close that, with, with sounds a, good. just a quote of uh, the Holy Father's homily. He says, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it. Jesus was speaking about the temple of his body and about the church as well. The Lord promises us that by the power of the resurrection, he can raise us and our communities from the ruins left by injustice, division, and hatred. The church in Iraq, by God's grace, is already doing much to proclaim this wonderful wisdom of the cross by spreading Christ's mercy and forgiveness, particularly to those who are in greatest need. Lord, as we conclude our podcast today, uh, let those words penetrate our heart, that you will heal us, that you will forgive us, you will restore us, and then you ask us to do the same thing for our brothers and sisters. That is by the fact that we have encountered your mercy, uh, that you invite us to be merciful to others. Jesus, I pray for, yes, the people in the church of Iraq, but also the people in church in the United States, who in many ways, uh, maybe our need is even greater. Lord, just pour out your blessing, your peace, your mercy, your power on us, your people and your church. May the Lord bless us, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father You're Dave. Welcome. And thank you all for taking the time to listen and be a part of this podcast community. Please continue to share uh, prayer intentions, stories of hope to hope at franciscan.edu. Hope at franciscan.edu. Father Dave, have a safe travel home. We look forward to getting you back in the country. Thanks, Rob. See you. Bye. God bless everybody. Bye.